0: I want to uh, welcome you to the parenting seminar. It is a, a privilege to be together. One of the things that uh, Steve and I both noticed is that we have a lot of material to cover and, and we want to be respectful of your, of your time. And so we're going to go ahead and open in prayer and then just dive right in um, to, to our session. Glad you all can be here. I know there's a handful of others that are planning to file in. But let me open in prayer and and we'll get started. Father, thank you for keeping the lights on for us here today, for the warm room that we have to gather, and uh, Lord, what a blessing it is to consider the topic of parenting as believers. What does it mean to be Christian parents and all that that entails? Father, it's an overwhelming topic to consider, and at the same time, Lord, you don't leave us out here on our own. You... You put before us the resources that we need, and you give us um, the, the calling and the, and the clarity of, of how to walk this out. And we're so grateful for your Son, Jesus. We're grateful for your Word, O oh Lord, for uh, your people, the, the church, as we gather together. And uh, as we do so today, we pray, Lord, that we would learn, that you would teach us together, um, help us to be a blessing father to the next generation and uh, for the grandparents here as well, for the, the generations that follow. Um, we, we bless you, Lord, and we ask for your help in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Pastor Steve Balvans is here today, and we're going to be team teaching together through this, uh, this material. Uh, I'm so grateful for Pastor Steve. He pastored in this county for 36 years and four days, <laughs> I, I heard this morning and uh, is now retired, so he can do more things like this, and we're blessed to have him here today. Also, Pastor Mark is here, and we're grateful to have these guys. Um, we also have a, a, a word that we just want to say up front. Uh, both Pastor Steve and I, we are not parenting experts. We, we don't claim to have it cornered. We, we are not in any way standing above anyone here today. We gather together. As those who gather around God's Word, uh, we, we want to point the way to the Word, and really it's the gospel that we're drawing a special attention to as we consider this topic today and all the implications that the gospel has for us. So um, know that today. We are, we are all learning. Um, now, Stephen Maureen, you guys have six children, is that correct? Five boys and one daughter. And they're all grown now at this point. Okay, so the wisdom of years and experience is also a blessing. That's also a helpful thing. Uh, you're sitting at tables with people who have different experiences as well. Um, so there's, there's wisdom to glean. Uh, parenting is a broad topic. It's a, a very uh, far-reaching thing. And there are very close, closely held opinions on some of these things. And so... Um, If you hear things today that you disagree with, that's okay, Um, but what I encourage you to do, if you have questions along the way, we don't have time to to take questions in the middle of each session, but we are going to take questions at lunchtime while we're eating and uh, discuss some things, so jot your questions down. Um, If you have something where you're like, no, I just totally disagree with that, then grab us afterwards, and, and we can talk, and we can clarify some of those things. Um, our job, though, primarily is to say, let's go together to the word and let the Lord lead the way in these things. We are in a culture that is uh, really lost when it comes to parenting. And as believers, we have a resource that the world needs desperately. And so uh, that's kind of our approach here today. We've got four sessions we're going to cover today um, they all have an M, except for the third session. I could not come up with an M for that, that session. The, the mission of Christian parenting, the mindset of Christian parenting, the importance of discipline. We wanted an entire session on um, the, the role, the importance, the high priority of discipline in Christian parenting. And then after lunch, we've got a, a session titled The Marathon of Christian Parenting. And Steve and I are going to team teach this back and forth Thirteen, a baker's dozen uh, of important points to kind of survey um, when it comes to parenting. So let's begin with the mission of Christian parenting. First of all, Christian parenting begins with Christian parents, and this is not just a label that we're carrying around. When we say Christian parenting, we really do mean there is a kind of parenting that Christians are called to that others will not even consider. It is, it is not on, on the radar. We as believers in Christ, those who have been um, captured by the glory of Christ uh, and set on a mission, we have a completely dialed-in focus when it comes to parenting that others just are not going to share. So the world around us has a default mode that is altogether different from the mission that we have as believers. Uh, think of this passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17, 18, and 20. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself, okay, the gospel. He saved us and then, listen to this, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That means that we are not just those who have experienced salvation. We are those who are given a mission. We have a mission And that that mission is the ministry of reconciliation. What does it sound like? Well, as Christian parents, this is how it sounds to our children. We are ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through us. Isn't that a cool thought? It is God who carries the call of the gospel. How does He do it? Through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So, Christian parents are at the very core of Christian parenting, which means we want to be a uh, God-centered husband, a God-centered father, God-centered wife, and God-centered mother. If we long to see God-centered children, it begins here with us. Um, Our children will rarely rise above our walk with God. And so we need to make sure, when you want to love your children, open your Bibles in the morning, get into the Word, go after sin in your life, take serious the call of the gospel and the the commandments of our Lord, the call to holiness. All of these things impact our children. So we long to see God-centered children. There's nothing that we want more for our kids than that they be God-centered, captivated by the glory of Christ absolutely entranced in a vision of the kingdom and the king of all glory. Um, So this has everything to do with who we are. We're new creations. We have an identity that is completely Christ-centered. We have a mission now that is a Christ-centered mission. And our mission field is never bigger than our immediate family. Think of this. Your your foremost and primary mission field, parents, is your children. And grandparents, you can add this in. We've got some of you here today. Your grandchildren. So the mission field uh, begins with our children. Secondly, Christian parenting seeks to address our children's deepest need. Uh, A lot of times when you ask parents, what do you long to see in in your children? Well, The answers will come, I want them to be polite. I want them to be upstanding and and do what's right, to be moral. We want them to be successful in their job someday. We just want them to be happy. All of these things are wonderful, but they don't address the deepest need. What is it that we want most for our children? And at the end of the day, what we want above everything else is that they are saved from their sins. Ephesians 2, 1-3 reminds us of the reality of our children when they come to us as gifts from the Lord, entrusted for a season. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work and the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and we were by nature... Children of wrath, okay? Now, as cute as they are, right? When you bring them home, they are indeed children of wrath. That that is the reality. They are beautiful gifts of God, alive physically and dead spiritually. They are not neutral. They are not innocent. They are natural-born sinners, just like you and I were when we came into this world spiritually lifeless, blinded by Satan, enslaved to sin, bound up in foolishness, Proverbs 22, instinctively rebellious. You don't have to teach your kids to be selfish, to, to be um, uh, instinctually focused on themselves, to, 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 to try to deceive you, to disobey you. It comes naturally just like it did for you when you were a kid. And they are in desperate need of salvation. So, a vision then, a mission, is, 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 is having to account for a couple different things. One, we want to see conformed behavior, okay? We, we don't just say, listen, uh, you know, my, my children aren't believers, so I, I'm not going to worry about making them obey until they're believers. That, that, that doesn't fly. So yes, we do. We want to see conformed behavior, but that's not all, right? Because simply focusing on conformed behavior will raise wonderful Pharisees. We don't just want children who know when to stand up, sit down, what to say, what not to say, and do all the right things on the outside, but inside, they're dead and lifeless. We want to see conformed behavior and transformed hearts. There are things that we have a hand in this that we are called to do, and there are things that we cannot do in these things. We cannot save our children from their sins. Only Jesus can. So, two priorities then of Christian parenting, this may be obvious, but it's it's worth stating. When you think of the mission you have been given of God as it relates to your children, the first priority is evangelism, to evangelize your children. And I mean purposefully and consistently and intentionally and thoroughly evangelize them, point them to Christ over and over. And then, if God so chooses to save them at a point along the way, then discipleship begins in earnest, and you go after that to raise them up in the Lord, to teach them to walk with their God in obedience, in holiness. This is a work, my friends, that never ends. The work of Christian parenting in these two priorities, it, 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 it doesn't end. My parents, in that sense, are still shepherding and pointing and encouraging today as I have my own kids. So emphasize the vertical relationship and point them to Jesus over and over. One of the most important roles of the Christian parent is to teach your children there is more than just this plane, there is a vertical relationship, there is an interaction with the God of all of creation. It is not optional, it is essential. And he is the most important person in the universe. We've got to keep that in view. Okay, next, Christian parenting requires a strong connection to the local church. I wanted to make sure this was emphasized today because Christian parenting is is quite literally impossible to do without the context of the local church. You need other men and other women who love the Lord, who can be examples for your children. You benefit from the encouragement of fellow believers when times are hard. You need their prayers. You need their exhortations, their admonitions. You need the preaching of God's Word in your life to equip you in and help you in the proclamation of the Word in your children. It requires a strong connection to the local church. Listen to the writer of Hebrews. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but instead doing what? Encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. So there is this... uh, Sometimes there's this dichotomy where people will say, "Yeah, I want to be a good parent, and it's Sunday, and you know, maybe we'll just take a break and, and we'll just all just hang out and listen, don't pit family time against worship of God. There is no comparison. There is no competition. God is preeminent. He is the priority. So make sure that you esteem, I, I would say, especially Sundays. Um, but there are other things. When it comes to sports, right? How, how much uh, time will we give to soccer? Are we really willing to surrender Sunday morning for soccer? The answer should be easy. Absolutely not. No way. It's not worth it. Your children need Jesus far more than a trophy. Now, if you can do both and keep Christ preeminent, then, then go for it. But we, we, should, we should keep a strong connection to the local church. When it comes to Sunday morning, then I would encourage you, uh, fathers especially in this role, but moms as well, prepare purposely. I still remember as a little guy, Saturday nights, it was preparation time. We were thinking about the next morning. And bath time had to happen. There was a whole sequence of events that took place on Saturday so that we could get to church and be ready to worship as needed on sunday attend tenaciously be tenacious on sunday mornings sing passionately your your children are blessed when they see passion for god in your singing listen attentively show them what it looks like to grow under the preaching of god's word consistently show them the priority i still was fascinated as a little man watching my mom take notes Every single week as my dad preached, I remember her writing and thinking, this really matters to her. And I don't remember a word my dad was saying that day, but I do remember seeing her hang on every word. And it landed in me, this matters. This is important. Serve joyfully. Find ways, even as a family. Uh, Wes, I saw you here the other day with, with your kids, serving together, outside, working and, and serving. This is an opportunity Love lavishly. When you're uh, among the community of believers, show them what it looks like to love the saints, to love one another. And then debrief consistently. Keep this in view. You want to at the end of a, a Sunday morning worship experience or after a, a Sunday night youth experience, talk, talk about it with them. What did you learn? Tell me how you're growing. Uh, what was hard? What questions do you have? Share what you were learning. Um, lead the way. Again, fathers, this is part of spiritual leadership. Initiate those conversations. Uh, Point the way to your kids. We never get the privilege of handing off the call of shepherding our kids to others. Others can benefit the shepherding, but the primary call to shepherd and lead our children spiritually is in the home. It's in the home. Okay, Christian parenting then, seven things that Christian parenting aims to do. Christian parenting aims to, number one, faithfully model and teach the truth of God's Word. This is going to be fairly obvious, right? The the, the call is to model and teach the truth of God's Word. One of my favorite passages, really the theme for this uh, seminar is Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 8. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God. How? How should we love him? With all your heart. What a command this is. And with all your soul and with all your might. These words, God says, that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You, parents, you shall teach them diligently to your children. Talk of them when you sit in your house when you walk by the way when you lie down and when you rise this is a call of scripture saturated instruction both lived out and brought diligently taught to the children as you live as you walk as you drive around as it were wherever you are there's an opportunity to teach would we'll just say this model and teach because your life is as much a sermon as the sermon you give to your children. What you teach will land far more if it confirms what you've modeled already that day. Sometimes the modeling we give is when we blow it, when we fail, and we confess, and we turn from that, and we we, we tell them, I messed up. What I did was wrong. It was sinful. It's not okay. And this is what I've done with... The Lord, I've gone to him and I've apologized and confessed my sins to him and I want to ask you for your forgiveness as well. That is powerful. For so model and teach. Model and teach. Bring them up, parents, in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Model and teach in biblical categories. I always want to encourage parents to use these words. When your kids come to church, this should not be the first time they've heard words like this. They should hear these in the home. Words like sin. It's not just disobedience, right? It's sin. It's sin. One of the most important ways that young children especially understand their need for a Savior is disobeying their parents. So use the word sin. This is sinful. What you did is sinful. It's wrong. And I want you to understand how serious this is, right? Confession then. Repentance. Forgiveness, mercy and grace. Not just words, but but demonstrated um, and taught. Reconciliation, holiness, obedience. Use Bible language with your children in interactions with them. And then model it before them as well. Okay, moving on. Christian parenting also seeks to equip our children with a, a Christian worldview. Um, these glasses help me see the world as it should be, right? The, the real world with clarity. The same is true for every believer. We have a lens through which we understand and interpret our world. Begins with creation. God is the creator. What's wrong with this world? Well, humanity rebelled. Adam and Eve disobeyed, and so do we. So fall, creation fall, redemption. How do we, what's the solution? What's the answer to the problem? Jesus is the answer. And from all of the Old Testament anticipation to the New Testament celebration of His work, we point to Him. And then where are things headed? What's the future hold? Our kids need to hear this over and over to learn how to interpret the world. If you send them off to public school, they will be equipped with a very different worldview. Right? So, so know this. If your kids are going elsewhere, they are going to be given a worldview. You need to preempt this. You need to help them get the glasses on before they leave the house. Teach them what is, what is up from down. Help them interpret the world. Questions like, who am I? Who made me? Why do I exist? Here's one. What does it mean that I'm a boy? A male created by God in His image. What does it mean that I am a girl? Oh, friends, the world is answering this completely wrong we teach, we, we should be sending our children into this world knowing exactly who they are, who made them, why they are who they are, what is wrong, what's the solution, what does the future hold, how then should I live in this world? All of this is our opportunity for our kids. And as they grow, these questions get larger, they, they can build out even more. But even from a young age, it's helpful to start in this, in this teaching process be purposeful, be intentional, and answer the questions. Number three, Christian parenting seeks to, uh, to teach our children to respect and obey authority. Now, this is a big one um, that I think is uh, being revealed in the fabric of our society as it kind of implodes. Um, <laughs> one of the problems is, is that the respect for authority has largely dissipated in our world. It goes back to this. I mean, here's, here's one of many passages referencing the fifth commandment in the 10. Children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. Who is speaking here? God is speaking, which means that the authority in your children's life is far bigger than you. The authority tracks back to God. So it's good for them to know that you are under the authority of God, and when you are calling them to obey your authority, it is bigger than just you. For, for, for you to care nothing about their disobedience is for you to disobey God. See, that we are all of us under authority. So, as we teach our children to obey their parents, we are teaching them about the authority of God and why authority and submission is not just a result of the fall, it's a beautiful gift. Given before the fall to Adam and Eve. Children, obey your parents. Here's a gift. The fear of the Lord. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children will have a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Think of this. To revere the Lord. To fear the Lord. To walk in His way. To to tremble before Him and obey His commandments that one may turn away from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Whoever has it rests satisfied. Friends, we need to be those as parents, Christian parents, who teach our children to fear the Lord, to revere and obey Him, to esteem Him and submit to Him as they follow our example. So number four, Christian parenting seeks to consistently discipline defiant disobedience in our children. Now, we've got an entire session on this that Steve's going to do, but I just want to kind of set up how it fits into the mission of Christian parenting. It is essential. It is at the very heart of, of parenting. Discipline defiance. Discipline defiance. The rod of reproof gives wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Discipline your son, and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord, listen, take your cue from how God fathers us. The Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastises every son whom he receives. To not discipline is to not love. That's what the Bible calls us to. Now, there's a lot in this, but I want to give you kind of some, some, some framework for it. One of the most important things that Christian parents can instruct their kids in is this. Actions have consequences. Oh, if our world would understand this more. If our politicians would think in this way. Actions have consequences. So one of our jobs is then to establish clear and realistic boundaries and to make clear consequences of breaking those clearly communicated boundaries. And then to keep your word. Be people of your word. Don't say something and not mean it, which means if you're going to say it, you need to have it prepared and planned out. Parents, work on this together. Don't just out of nowhere lay down rules. You need to have a a plan and be together in this so that when you say this is the boundary... And this is the consequence if you disobey. Then you're together on that, and you keep it. I remember when Ethan was young. Ethan back there. Not, he's not young anymore. But I said something like, you've got to eat all those green beans. And he had a pile on his plate. And I, it came out. Uh, Jenny looks at me, and she's like, that's a lot of green beans. <laughs> you know, maybe we should have just said like three bites. And, but I said all, right? And so... That's where we went. We stuck with all. And then the next time, I was helped by my wife. It'll be a little more realistic here. We want to see obedience, but we don't want to see him throw up, you know, so <laughs> he made it. Here's, here's some helpful framework here. Instruct ignorance. When your kids, especially when they're little, they don't know what is right and wrong. What is good and bad? What am I to do? What, I am, what, what am I not to do? Should I touch the fireplace or not? right, so you're instructing that which they don't know. Instruct ignorance and then remind forgetfulness, okay? Um, There's a place for a warning. So once the boundary's been clearly communicated and the consequence has also been clearly communicated, um, then there may be a point in time where your your child forgets, just an honestly forget. Now, this is not more than once though. Like, so you remind forgetfulness, not over and over and over. But listen, uh, you know, Grace. This is what this is what Daddy said. This this is the rule. This is the consequence if you disobey. I want to remind you. What is that? That's love. That's love. I'm giving her a chance to obey, and I want to see her obey. But if she says in that moment, "I don't care what you say, I'm going to do it anyway," Whew. discipline you look for defiance, willful, chosen defiance. That, my friend, is poison to your child. It's poison to their soul. And it might start small when they're little, but if unaddressed, it will grow and grow and be toxic to your children. So discipline, defiance, we'll be digging more in on that Uh, in the sessions to come loving discipline not angry abuse this isn't flying off the handle this is well under control for them in love that they would remember and obey number five christian parenting seeks to warmly engage love and laugh with our children engage love and laugh with our children fathers do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the lord as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Right? Think it's not just the hand of discipline that engages the child. It is from time to time the necessary hand of discipline, yes. But far more than that, it's the hand of embrace and snuggle and rolling them across the floor. I remember my dad, we had so much fun wrestling. As kids. And I felt the strength of his hands when we were playing and learned to revere his strength and, in some ways, I would say, fear rightly crossing him because he had the um, rightful authority in my life to discipline me. And I did not want to have that experience. So there is both in the hands of the parent a, a tender, love, warm hug, welcoming, and At the same time, there's a time where that hand needs to be tough and firm. Tough and tender, parents. Tough and tender. Number six, Christian parenting seeks to raise our children to reflect God's image. God's image, not necessarily ours, okay? Every child is different, which means that your children may be into the things you're into or may not be into the things that you're into. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, obviously, we're talking here the pattern of godliness, the gospel, the call for life and obedience and repentance. But there is also here a principle for us to to, to remember. The things that make my heart leap for joy may be different than the things in my children's hearts. Every child is going to be different. So don't press them into your mold or the mold of older brother or sibling or younger this uh, my mom still remembers when uh, her, her dad would say, why can't you be more like your brother? He gets A's on everything. Now, this is Uncle Bruce, right? He, he was just a, a whiz student, a genius. And my mom just struggled in school, and all oh, that hurt. It just, th- that, those comparisons are not okay. Don't compare them in those ways. Fan the flame of who they are. Raise them up to the children they should be before the Lord walking with Him. Our children exist for God's glory, not ours. Remember that, Christian parent. Discover their gifts and interests. Enter in and cheer them on. If they're into something you know nothing about, then get on in there and learn. And fan that flame and get excited about that. Encourage them in the things that God has gifted and called them into. Number seven, Christian parenting seeks to call our children to biblical expectations. Biblical expectations. This is, my friends, a shared pursuit of righteousness. We want to see growth in holiness. And this, I say shared because we are in the process as well. Remember, progress, not perfection. Remember, remember your children are always growing they're progressing in holiness, but they are not there yet. What is the expectation? Perfection, they're not going to meet that. They're going to mess up, just like we do. So set biblical expectations of righteousness and holiness and then grow together. Grow together. Pursue the Lord together in these things. Uh, the last point here is this. Remember the limitations of Christian parenting. This is so important to remember. Remember. I am not Jesus. They need a Savior. You are not the Savior that they need. You can't save them from their sins. But you are called to point them to Christ. We are given uh, the call to be faithful to what God has called us to do and then to trust God to do what only He can do. Ultimately, there are no guarantees. We, we cannot guarantee that our children are going to be believers. Are going to be saved but we can just do everything we were possible to to create an atmosphere where the gospel is the air that they breathe where christ is held and esteemed and and loved and pursued and the gospel is touted so point them to jesus in ten thousand different ways and pray that god would save them and grow them in christ likeness point and pray point and pray Let me pray. Father, we thank you for the, the high calling that it is to be a parent who is a Christian. And we, we are just in awe of the incredible gift that you've given of these precious children and grandchildren. Lord, find us faithful. Help us to do these things. We, we're far from perfect in this. We're constantly reminded of that. But Lord, you meet us where we are as well. And you walk us and shepherd our hearts. Help us to be faithful, Lord, intentional, purposeful. And use us, we pray, Lord, to call out the beauty of the gospel to our children, that they would be saved and sanctified as they grow up in our homes. In Jesus' name, amen.